Hi, I'm Troy Richards. And I'm Daniel Mawson. Welcome to the Understanding Jesus podcast. I'm the senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Jackson, Missouri, and Daniel's our worship pastor. Our church is reading through the Bible in a year, and on this podcast, we examine highlights from this week's reading. We talk about the passages devotionally and try to answer questions people have shared with us. Our hope is that you'll discover how amazing God's Word is and how enjoyable it is to read for yourself, which is the key to understanding Jesus. Hello, and welcome to Understanding Jesus. I'm going to miss that. Oh, I'm not. I'm so sorry. You can I do am. it. I mean, you guys ah. got your things that you say. I don't. Right. I'm here. My name is Daniel, and I'm here with Pastor Troy. For the last time. Bum, 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 bum. Yep. <laughs> yep, Troy is leaving. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll be back next week. But uh, but anyway, alas, this is Daniel's last this podcast. Also, Josh is here. Hey, that's uh, me. Yes. And Josh, too. Yes. Josh yeah, it's here. my last one, guys. Um, yes. So wah, Tell us wah, where you're going, wah, Daniel. Wah, We're going... Um, on the mission field in uh, oh St. Peter's, Missouri, <laughs> moving about two hours north uh, yeah. to be the director of outreach at a church called Grace Community Chapel. Uh, GCC, super exciting. exciting. Although yeah. our hearts are broken, we're just going to be honest with you. We yeah, are. I get it. We're a little bit heartbroken Same. over the issue, but uh, but anyway, I'm less heartbroken no. probably because <laughs> yeah. I have exciting things. In my oh my it's the podcast <laughs> that he's going to miss more than anything. Yes, it is, it is. It is I'm, by I'm, far. It's I'm this table, these microphones, the Bible. That's true. That's Panda. To be handled. That's true. What will we do? What will we do? I'm sure we'll you'll think of something. Anyway, we're here to talk about our reading for this week. Yes. And he's going to keep Daniel is going to keep reading the Bible. In fact, just want to remind you that, that, that just so you don't think he's going to stop reading the Bible. Just so you and know. he's going to continue to understand Jesus. But the uh, but uh, just FYI, we have we have banked a, over a year and a half a podcast. Yeah. So if you want to hear Daniel, you can go back and you listen can to it. Always go back and, and listen like, to my so that, what is hot that, like takes on 75, 75. I've lost track of what number we're on, but it's like 75. This is 35 plus 52. 87. 87. 87. Wow. I almost made it to 100. Almost. That's awkward. 13 That's weeks so away. Close. You can come back. Uh, you'll for, have to have me back we'll, for the 100th we'll episode. For 13th, for the 100th episode. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we move on here. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. this past week, in case you were wondering, we were reading in the book of Ecclesiastes, Woo! which we all enjoy. The Ecclesiastes has a lot of wisdom in it. Josh is excited. And I'm then so moving to the Song of Songs, which is the most awkward book of the Bible. So it is for yeah. me anyway. I'm not. I'm. Don't think I'm going to be recording. It's reading for me and my wife. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. On his last podcast, Daniel is going to bring all of his excerpts from the Song of Songs. Um, I'm excited. Uh, we did Psalm 103 and 104. Uh, <laughs> and then we're, we're, we we uh, we don't actually finish 1 Corinthians, but we are in some of the best chapters of 1 Corinthians. Yeah. Uh, we you know, we get into the love chapter. We're in Song of Songs and the love chapter. Yeah. yeah, how about that? Uh, wow. And, uh, have you ever read... Oh, don't bring it up to me. <laughs> it is. It's, uh, this was a good. This Ecclesiastes is a good place to start. It really is. Really, if you haven't. I, well, can I start then, since you guys stabbed me in the back and skipped Ecclesiastes last week with me? Uh, well, you weren't here, no. so it wasn't a Y'all, backstab. Y'all, we recorded it way early. That's right. That's right. But we get into, uh, we have two chapters on the gifts in First Corinthians. Yeah. I don't know if anybody pulled anything from. But oh, yeah. when, when we return, we will look at what we found interesting in the Bible reading for this previous week. So please come back. All right, 
right, we are back here to talk about what we gleaned from the Bible this week. And let me just mm. tell you, we obviously we haven't recorded it yet, but I think it's going to be crazy. We got a lot to talk about. Ew. So, so we're going to go. Crazy. Josh was very emphatic about wanting to go first. Yes, uh, Ecclesiastes. Yes. Yeah, you is, missed last week. I know. Making up for hmm. last time. Yeah, Ecclesiastes honestly is a very scary book. Um, a very dark book if you're not in a good headspace, I will say. Um, the first time that we went through Ecclesiastes, I was at a church, and I was not in a good headspace. And the person who was teaching that did not put any hope in, in their message at all. Wow. And so I was not in a good headspace, and I, I, I like left the church that I was at. Be- I mean, and it, there was a lot of other things, but mm-hmm. because there was – I didn't want to believe in God <laughs> at that point because mm-hmm. of how – how damaging it was and, and how that was being taught. Um, and so being able to go back through this with a new light um, where it's not just being taught to me, but the Holy Spirit's showing me what's going on here has been a lot better. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of talk about Ecclesiastes and the goodness of it because mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to find um, because for some reason us humans like to focus on the negative and that seems to be a lot of what's happened um, when, when we go through Ecclesiastes. So from the beginning of the book, um, the theme of chasing after something is announced. Uh, it's in verse chapter 1, verse 8, um, and it's just simple. It just says, let me find it, everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we're never satisfied. And so we see from the beginning this, we're always seeking for something, for the right thing to do um, or for the right time to do something. And so um, that's what happens in chapter 3, verses 1 through um, 8, when he's, there's a time to do this and a time to do this and a time to do that. Um, and we're always trying to decide um, these answers ourselves, but as we continue on through the book, um, an answer arises and foreshadows in, in chapter 3, verse 11, which says, um, yet God has made everything beautiful in its own time. And we begin to see um, that answer is God. Um, and so, we still seek to find it on our own. Um, the Bible tells us here in chapter 7 that wisdom is always distant and difficult to find. Um, and then he goes on further in chapter 8 to say, I realize that no one can discover everything God is doing under the sun. And so it shows us here um, that the book is pointing out one thing, that um, that we're not like God at all, um, which is really important for us to realize, because if we think we are, um, then it's going to be a really hard life to live. Um, and so, um, in chapter 8, verses 7 through 8, um, it says this, Indeed, how can people avoid what they do not know is going to happen? None of us can hold back our spirit from departing. None of us has the power to prevent the day of our death. There is no escaping that obligation, that dark battle. And in the face of death, wickedness will certainly not rescue the wicked. Um, and here's the point. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 um, is what, what it says. It says, here's my find. Uh, or here, here's my final complete conclusion, fear God. Uh, and why? Why do we need to fear him? Because God is not like the wind, um, so we need to chase after him. God knows the time to do all things, so we need to chase after him. God is beauty and satisfaction, so we need to chase after him. And God has the power to um, to prevent death, to cause death, all of these things, so we need to chase after him. And so I think it's important to see that all in all in this book, uh, we need to realize that, yes, life here on earth um, is meaningless when we're chasing after it ourselves, but um, but God is the one who's in control, and so we can trust, we can put our faith in Him, and know that He knows the time to do this and a time to do that. He He holds death and life in His hands, and so I think something that's really important about this book that's not spoken about too much 
um, is the holiness of God within this book and seeing that we are not like him and he is unlike us. He is unlike anything um, on earth. Um, and I, that is what really jumped out on the pages to me this week when I was reading through it is just seeing how good and holy God is and how unlike him we are. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. I think I think Ecclesiastes is it's just real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why it, I mean we say you say it's dark, but it's actually it's probably the most yeah. realistic of all right. uh, the books, and and so it it really is is putting you in a place where you realize your need for a savior mm-hmm. and, and and understanding. I think it is. I always think, and we talked about this last week when you weren't here, <laughs> uh, that it's a it's a good place to start with somebody who doesn't know the Bible. Yeah, you know, because it's like, hey, God gets it, and obviously, right. I, I wanted to pull a couple things from there, um, from Ecclesiastes as well. In chapter 7, um, if I could pick a passage in Ecclesiastes that I wish everybody in the church would read, <laughs> it would be these. Uh, verse 9 in chapter 7, he says, Don't let your spirit rush to be angry, for anger abides mm-hmm. in the heart of fools. Don't say, why were the former days better than these, since it is not wise of you to ask this. That should be on the wall. Uh, and <laughs> then well. in, in verse 16, uh, it says, uh, don't be excessively righteous and don't be overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Don't be excessively wicked and don't be foolish. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you grasp the one and do not let the other slip from your hand. For the one who fears God will end up with both of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are just, those are just, that's just solid wisdom uh, that uh, that everybody needs to be reminded of. Uh, for for all of us who are in the church, I, I think we we just have a tendency to be overly religious, and mm-hmm. and and in our desire to be overly religious, it, it breeds a sense of self righteousness. We create a system of of things that we think we say. Uh, I mean, our theology is solid, and if we if we actually actually practiced it, and mm-hmm. that we don't believe we are saved by our works, but we live like we are saved by our works. Right. right. And and so we're, we we create the system of people who go to church every Sunday are better than people who don't. We, people who read their Bible every day are better than people who don't. Uh, people who pray all the time are better than people who don't. And uh, and so it's, you know, even though we read these things, it's like, it's like I'm better than you because I know Jesus' parables better than you do. Right. And it's like, even though Jesus' parables were exactly to teach us that that's not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, I just think that we just all need to be reminded to step back for a second and ask ourselves, do I really believe that? Do I really yeah. think I'm better because I do these things? Those things are good, and it, and, it, and it is a tough thing because you want your children to understand this. You want them to have these disciplines of life, but you don't want them to be puffed up by those right. disciplines. Uh, and, uh, and so you have to... Uh, and I think what it creates is it creates because I was I grew up frustrated by it. I grew up frustrated by it because at some point you're like, what is the point? I remember asking myself this point: What's the point of doing everything God wants me mm-hmm. to do if I don't get rewarded more than the guy right. next to me? Right. You know, the parable that frustrated Jesus would tell about the guy when he had the workers for the vineyards, and he had the first guy comes in mm-hmm. and he works all day, and then the last guy comes in works one hour, and they all get paid the same. Yeah. I remember thinking, what? 
it's like I'm I am the guy in the morning thinking this is just not fair, and it's mm-hmm. like why am I? It, uh, and it almost you know you mentioned it almost made you lose faith. I, I was yeah. like it it really did make me question what is the point of why it? Why am I doing all this? Yeah, why am I doing all this mm-hmm. if I'm? And then you, uh, but I don't. And this is something that was very important. <laughs> I didn't understand what love was. Yeah, I did not understand the concept of loving other people. And uh, and it really, uh, it, it was like God had to take me through a whole path of understanding that I was completely selfish yeah. and self-absorbed and didn't want to admit that. Didn't want to admit that that's mm-hmm. where I was, that's who I was, and so forth. And and I'm, I, just, I guess the thing you want to throw out there, if you are struggling with that, mm-hmm. if you're struggling with, well, what's the point of being good if I don't get more than other people are going to get out of it. If I don't get super blessed as a result of it, then what's the point? Then I'm just going to say you're probably a little full of yourself. Yeah. Well, I think that's what um, Jesus is talking about when he's talking to the Pharisees. And he says, you search the scriptures as if in them they have eternal life. But it's them who speak about me. And it's like, I'm right here. You're missing the whole point. Like you're giving – like you're studying the law. You're giving these offerings. Yeah, those are good things, but you're missing me. You're missing the point of why those things are important. And I think that's what like – I mean that's where I was at for a long time. I've just – and not that I'm still not there, but like we just miss Jesus completely. And we we live life, well, this is what a Christian is supposed to do, so I will do it. And it's like, well – well, and and God allows the enemy to push our buttons, mm-hmm. and He, yeah. I, I think that, I know I've been sitting in restaurants with people, who are supposedly faithful people. I mean, and they are, they're good people, and I don't want to take, I don't want to say they're not good people because they are good people, and then you can see a circumstance, a set of circumstances that's unfolding, that is bringing out the absolute worst in them. Oh yeah, and you see it happening, and you're like, "Don't, man, don't. This is a dark path. Don't let this get to you. Don't let it." And mm-hmm. you see their blood pressure going up, or anger <laughs> beginning to build, or 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 things happening. And uh, you know, and I had this just yesterday. It doesn't take me long to think of an example, but just yesterday, I remember a set of things happening, and I thought, and I had to catch myself saying, "Oh, wait a second, he's pushing my buttons. Mm-hmm. He is trying to get what really is not a big deal." But to turn my whole disposition to yeah. how can I get angry right. and, and 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 seek retribution for other people and so forth, and and then if you really go beyond that, it's not it's not just the enemy; it's God Himself who's allowing the circumstances to yeah. reveal that I'm not in the spirit, Ooh, that I'm wow. that I'm walking in the flesh, and that He's allowing the enemy to have His way because He's saying, if you were with me, secure with me, this wouldn't be an issue for you right, right now. Yeah. But obviously it is. So. Dang, that's good. Well, I even I think this this hits me. I'm kind of like filtering through some of this in the moment right now. So sorry, this may come across poorly, but I think I'm experiencing some, <laughs> something of an awakening here. But um, you know, it says like, don't be excessively righteous and don't be overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Right? Mm. Like that really is like hitting home right this moment because I've been I've been kind of on the back burner in my life. I've been struggling with like finding pleasure in much. Mm. You know, and mm-hmm. and just to kind of crack the the window open in my life a little bit, it's just a I, I don't see much as valuable or like mm. if it's not like so like running thousand miles an hour kingdom focus. You know, I'm yeah, like, I don't see like just fun th- enjoying things for the enjoyment of it, for right. the pleasure mm-hmm. of it is just is really getting lost in my mind. And I read this, and then like I think that gives a little bit of balm to that part of my life, mm. um, just in this moment. So, 
man, like, so I, I need to chew on that a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. that's, that, that's good for me. This is, mm. this is good. And I think sometimes when you're hurting, Ecclesiastes and Lamentations, those kind mm-hmm. of books, just really, depending on your personality type of thing too, but like it, for me to, to hear my own emotions read back to me mm. is yeah. very valuable for the way I process my own life and my mm. own circumstances. Um, similarly, my section that I looked at was Ecclesiastes 7. Um, just a little couple verses after that. It's 21 and 22. It says, Don't pay attention to everything people say, or you may hear your servant cursing you, for you know that many times you yourself have cursed others. Mm-hmm. And, oh man, that's such a good word. And, you know, I don't... I don't consider my tongue something that needs like it needs a lot of control, but I'm, I'm fairly disciplined in how I speak to other people and about other people. Um, but I do. Um, it does bug me when other people aren't as what I would think is like disciplined as me or like yeah. as mm-hmm. um, as whatever you know. It it bugs me when other people. Um, gossip and that kind of thing because I really really work hard on that in my life and I'm like you know why can't you work so hard and then right. I start start cursing them in my own heart maybe not with my mouth <laughs> but I certainly you know get there but I think that's a good reminder for all of us is that why should you get mad at this other person for this thing that they said which honestly usually I will inflate in my mind past yeah. reality mm-hmm. you know, any any semblance of humanity is gone for these people is <laughs> just that they you know they are satan and I am this angel that is yeah. mm-hmm. perfect never does anything like that and then in the very next moment I'll have a conversation with my wife and I'm like this person did this to you know blah 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 and I'll just I'll be I'll be exactly the same right. way but I will have justified it in my mind right. or minimized it at the very least and um can, can harbor resentment or grudge towards other people for exactly the same thing that I do. Right. And I don't mean anything overly negative by it. You know, it, it talks about, I mean, the the impression that it gives, I think, it's just, you know, how like, you know, you're in a workplace and you're talking about your boss or something. My boss is in the room, so I got to be careful. Uh, but uh, no, you're like, you know, you have these people talking around. Oh, I can't believe blah, 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 blah work conditions or whatever, you know, it is. And um, by the way, my work conditions are excellent. You should, my office is like 30 <laughs> feet by we know, know, whatever. Huge. Um, uh, but, you know, you know, you've seen it. You know, you get it uh, mm-hmm, where yeah. people are talking about people who, you know, they're just jealous of or something. And. And they don't mean anything by it. They're just talking. Right. And that's, I think, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs speaks a lot to the fool who just keeps talking. Yeah. And yeah. I think we all do that. And um, But when it's against us, we tend to inflate that. So I think it's just a good reminder. It's a good reminder for me, um, kind of a little bit of a gut check, just to say, hey, remember, don't be too mad at other people's words because right. your words aren't perfect either, buddy. Yeah. And I, I think we... I think it, my kids are older, obviously, but the and I think that uh, when your kids are little and and so forth, you don't. You, it's hard to prepare for this. It's hard to prepare for that they are going to talk about you mm. the way you talk about your parents. Mm-hmm. And so when you hear, I, you know, it's such a good reminder, especially in social media, that we we always want to say, I wonder what they're saying. When you have that thought, yeah. I wonder what they're saying, just let that one go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't wonder what they're saying because you probably know what they're saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're saying what you would say if you didn't think anybody else was paying attention to what right. you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. And so just release that. There's so there's such an empowerment of that of just saying, you know what, you guys have your conversation and say mm-hmm. what you would say. Because uh, there's a reason why they don't say it to your face because they don't really – it's like why you don't say things to other people's mm-hmm. faces. Mm-hmm. You don't really mean it. You're just vending or whatever. Right. And uh, and so to to have 
to be able to read other people's thoughts, to be able to see what it, it's like finding somebody's diary and wanting to sneak and see if they wrote anything about. You don't want to know that information. Don't, yeah. do that, right. <laughs> don't do that. You don't want to know it. You don't want to. Not that gossip can't get out of control, right? Yeah. And that you shouldn't manage perception, but like it is a yeah. There's a difference between idle talk. Yeah, and, and malicious gossip. Absolutely, yeah. and and also the other thing. This is this was something that uh, this is just good premarital counseling for for Josh here. Uh, Austin, the, uh, <laughs> in Austin over here, an uh, Austin engineer. Um, <laughs> the uh, there's a lot of times where we will say things to um, family members about a conversation we have with the spouse or whatever, and. And it's hard to and and I and I and there's two ways of looking at this. One is to remember that you shouldn't. <laughs> if you're mad at your spouse, <laughs> you shouldn't call your parents and say, "Here's what I'm mad about," because you're going to change your feelings yeah, really yeah. shortly, and they're going to hang on that, mm-hmm. and they're going to always feel that. That's one. And then flip that around. If you're the parent and your child calls you, to remember, take that with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Just remember they're they're in the mo in the moment. They're an emotional moment, and and so forth. And whatever they're saying, they you know. They're gonna get over it in a few weeks, and so just yeah. just let it come in and go out, and don't really don't really hang on it because that's uh, yeah, it's that's the it's man, there's a lot of wisdom in that. Mm-hmm. Just don't the words do not pay attention, mm-hmm. and is is very solid. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. Awesome. Um, so my next one is in Psalm 103. Um, Psalm 103 verse 17 says, "But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear them." And I was reading that, and usually from things like that, I just like move, like just like move right over and be like, oh yeah, that's so true, huh. and then just like that's it. Mm-hmm. But like this, like really, like smacked me in the face because of the magnitude of this statement within like five words. His steadfast love remains from everlasting to everlasting, and it just talks about like, I mean, it just blows my mind that his attributes of, um omnipresence and love have always existed for the people of those who fear him from the beginning of time to the end of time. So it's like what I I was trying to like sit and think about that and like meditate on what that meant. And it, I was thinking that like before the beginning of time, God was still as present as he is present right now and is present 10,000 years from now. He's completely present in both fully and at that same time he fully knew who i was fully loved me from the before the beginning of time he still fully loves me the same way now and he still fully loves me the same way when i'm not even on this earth like it's all the same his love never started at a point for me and it never will stop at a point for me like it it all is because God is God, and that's the only explanation we need of that. Um, he's always existed. He's never not existed. His love has always existed, and it never started or stopped. He just always has, um, and he will always be because he is. And that is just, I was just like stuck in that for like a good 20 minutes of just like, whoa, <laughs> like his attributes never started or stopped because God is God, and that's all the answer we need. Mm. Yeah, it really. Boom. Truth <laughs> it really smacked me. <laughs> I am going to go back into First Corinthians thirteen, and uh, and it is we call it the love chapter. It is uh, it's one that um, uh, we're very familiar with because we hear it over and over and over and over and over again, or pieces of it. Uh, but uh, it's always good to hear it again. 
for me anyway. Uh, verses four, verse four through eight says, love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy, it is not boastful, it is not arrogant, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believe all, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. Um, you know, I, I it, every time I come to this, it's it's one of those things I have to it, it, take a moment and examine. Um, when I say that I love people, when I when mm-hmm. I say that I'm a person who loves other people as Jesus loves me, this is that chapter where you walk through it and it and it goes very fast because there's a lot of words thrown in. But when you really start, when I when I boil it down, to just when you get to love is patient. Uh, usually I, I, it ends there. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. already done. <laughs> I don't have to go any further. I'm like, oh, so I'm not a very loving. That I'm not a very <laughs> loving person. Uh, and then love is kind. And then love does not envy and is not boastful. And it's like bam, 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 bam. bam. <laughs> and I, uh, you know, it's it's I I wrote in my journal that uh, um, I always find a plank in my eye every time I read this that needs to be removed and. Uh, it reminds me of dishwashing, uh, where you know you when you when you wash a difficult dish, uh, and uh, and you uh, it, like there's a d- really dirty pan or something that's got caked on whatever, and you take time and you wash it and scrub it or whatever and clean it and you put it away. There have been so many times I've done that, and I want to make sure I let my wife know. Oh, uh, you know that dish that was sitting there soaking or whatever? I did I that. I got that. Yeah. I took care of it. You know, so I'm and I have this feeling of wow, I'm really an amazing human being, <laughs> without taking into consideration that she washes all the dishes Ooh, yeah. <laughs> all every the day, <laughs> all the time. You know, because she gives me that look like, well, good for you, sweetie. Uh, and uh, and and it, and it takes me back to uh, I'm double dipping again, but it takes me back to I never, I never use anything from Song of Solomon, but I'm going to pull something from Song of Solomon. And it is, uh, it's from chapter two, verses one and two. He says, I am the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley, like a lily among thorns. So is my love among the daughters. Uh, and, and this is the love of Solomon's life. Uh, and I, and, and so often it's used to talk about Jesus. Uh, but, uh, really, it is it is such a reminder that there are people in our lives, and I, I just want to. This is something to think about that we think of, not just be focused on how much uh, we need to be more loving, but just to be grateful for the loving people that He puts into our lives. That that He has blessed us with uh, people who give us love that we absolutely do not deserve mm. people it could be a, it could be your mom it could be a dad it could be a, you know it could be a friend or some loving person at church there are people you know and you you see this so often i just i pass by this but uh, when I, you know as a pastor there's so many moving pieces but you know it's that squeaky wheel gets the oil kind of thing there's a lot of loud people yeah. in churches mm-hmm. and you miss these quiet servants of god who are just continuously doing mm-hmm. really mundane and ordinary tasks, sometimes difficult or sometimes things that people don't care about. A lot of times things you don't even see. 
that just are done on a regular basis and you fail to appreciate how they are they're praying for you and you don't realize they're even praying for you right. and and just uh, we're just there's so many they're conduits of the love of Christ I mean and I think Christ is the lily he is the rose of Sharon but he's but he manifests that I mean I, and there's nobody who manifests it better than my wife my wife is the most loving human being I've ever met I hope I just I was I was praying that this morning that I talk about how amazing my wife is all the time and I and my hope is is not that people wish they had my wife, but that they could <laughs> that they that they are experiencing <laughs> the that same type of love in their own that they can see that in the own in the relationships that they have, uh, and so forth. I pray that Josh finds a woman like that. I know that Daniel has a woman like that. We pray it's Austin that he finds somebody like that as well. But uh, the um, but I, I think that that is a um, I, I think that that is one of the things we overlook. Is well, it's twofold. One, I should be loving other people and mm-hmm. examine myself, but also to take some time and just be like, "Wow, God, you really, you really do love me a lot more than I deserve," and uh, and and communicate to those people how much we do appreciate them yeah. and so forth. Yeah. A mm. uh, bit of trivia. I have a verse from Song of Solomon on my wedding ring in oh. Hebrew, and I'll leave it up to your imagination to. Does it look like? I which one. Is it, is it in Elvish? It's in Hebrew. <laughs> oh yeah. <my> Does <laughs> it look Elvish? Does, yeah. When you put it in, the, it only shows up in, it under only fire. Shows up when I put my hand in the fire. <laughs> Slash when I'm Who's quoting First Corinthians 15 to my wife. <laughs> Same kind of feeling. Gotcha. Next no, that's awesome. that is, that's good. That is really good. I think the um, this First Corinthians 13 is. I'm glad that wasn't in my marriage vows because it would have been one I broke. Yeah. <laughs> almost immediately because yeah. Uh, yeah the patient when you have somebody who's so much not like you right and my wife who is the most impressive woman I know mm. Obje- I mean objectively she's just the best but she's not like me you know in mm. times when I, w- I want her to be like me and have all the same um, strengths and weaknesses that I have and um, first of all then we wouldn't be very complimentary one of you is unnecessary yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be a very fruitful uh, marriage but uh, but yeah it's that it's the patience and kindness when you don't want to be kind and the, not envying when you know when the kids want her and not me mm. you know and not boastful when I'm good at something that she's not you know it's all that yeah. stuff all the way down the list it's so hard um, it is it is um no, my uh, my last bit. I was gonna pull something funny out of Song of Solomon, but I, I will refrain. Uh, <laughs> it's from right before Troy. Your last thing is in First Corinthians 12, actually, and I'm talking about the the gifts, right? And I think First um, Corinthians 13 is is really the best context for mm. this because mm-hmm. you know we talk about the nitty gritty of gifts in in the chapter 12, but the point of them is in chapter 13. So I think that's good that we started there. But to to back up a little bit. Um, just talking about the inequality of the gifts, and this is this is weird, but but hang with me, I'm going somewhere for a second. Um, in verses 22 through 25, it says, um, "Where is theirs?" And but even more, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are necessary. And and Paul is using the analogy here of the body, meaning the members of the church, and clothing to be the gifts given to the members, right? Um, 23, and those parts of the body that we think to be less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have a better presentation. But our presentable parts have no need of clothing. Instead, God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the less honorable. 
so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. Mm -hmm. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And I think that's so, so like our God to Mm -hmm. take not only groups of people, you got Gentiles, you got Jews, all these people mixing together, but you have individuals that in in one church body that has, um, some are just super gifted just in who they are as people before they were Christians. They're just Mm -hmm. really 10 talent people. They've got a lot going for them. And then you've got these really one talent people who don't just have much going for them, but then they prove to be like, have the potential for spiritual greatness and all these giftings that are just heaped on them. If they can, you know, if they can discover them and, um, and it's just so wonderful. You know, the Lord throughout the entire Bible, throughout his whole history with mankind has given, um, the, the weaker and the lesser, the greater gifts. He gave mm-hmm. Joseph, um, that calling he gave, um, uh, uh, I always do this. It's not Cain and Abel. I'm sorry. It's uh, Jacob and Esau. He gave mm. Jacob the younger, mm. the inheritance, and mm. and all these things, you know. And and I just think it's so like him to take members of the church and take the ones, you know. And and wherever you are in this, I hope that you honestly, I don't know what I hope for you because God, it's like God is spreading out the grace yeah. among His people. And if you know, if you're just like a dynamic person, maybe He hasn't. Maybe that's your role mm-hmm. in the church maybe you're a natural born leader right. leadership's not like a spiritual gift right mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. is like something god's given you uh, but maybe you're like this incredible like your prayers have power and mm-hmm. or you have the ability to give great mercy to people like what is like that is straight from god that is not <laughs> something and usually they're not the same yeah. person usually excellent mm-hmm. leaders do not have the gift of mercy no. those just don't go together very often and um and it's just so so cool, and and I one of my questions when we get to that segment have a little bit to do with with this thing, but I just love watching to see what God does with His church and building mm-hmm. it from um, top to bottom, bottom to top, and um, yeah, just the just the good good grace that He gives to people, and who who honestly don't deserve it. Like it's I think it's super cool if you're a person who has so many like all these spiritual gifts that just spring out of you but like troy you were mentioning mm-hmm. it's usually those people who you don't even notice in church you know they're mm-hmm. just the ones holding it all together spiritually yeah um so god's just cool and i like the way he does things yeah god's um, all right i think it's inter- sorry i just wanted to comment on this real quick i just think it's interesting i was thinking about the structure of the body of Christ and the structure of the Trinity. And it was like, it wouldn't make sense for the Trinity to be fighting over who does what. Like that just doesn't make sense because that's, they have their roles and yet they're still all God. And it's the same thing within the church. We have our roles and yet we're still the body of Christ. And that doesn't make any of us less important than the other because God's made it that way because that's how he made it. And that's what we're supposed to like. Like live in so it doesn't make sense for us to be fighting it's like daniel is a great worship leader yeah. i'm okay at singing but i'm not a good worship leader so it's like yeah. there's like a and it's like and i'm fine with that and mm-hmm. he's fine with that and we're all fine with that um but it would be stupid for us to fight each other and be like well you need to do that you know, to be, be dumb it's dumb because we're not gifted in the same way um and i, I don't know i just think it's interesting yeah yeah love does not envy. yeah there you go. Mm-hmm. Right, we're back. Mm. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> cool, guys. Well, we're going to take a just brief break. Real brief. And say brief break five times fast during the break. And then right. we will. Uh, <laughs> after, after, after this commercial, commercial from Panda Express. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
right, we are back. We got a couple questions. Good questions. Josh is going to kick us off with his, which is something I've kind of also always wondered. Yeah, um, from a, someone who always grew up singing books of the Bible songs, mm-hmm. I'm always confused once we get it's a to heated, heated question. Yeah, once we get to the song of blank. So my question is: song Is it blank. Song of Songs or Song of Solomon? And why is there even why, why is, is that question is there? there? I don't Churches know. Churches have split yeah. over last. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, really. <laughs> yeah, well, when you're trying to come up with the the name for the book of the Bible, you're looking at the book. Like, why do we call Psalms Psalms? Because they are is it is the book of Psalms mm-hmm. that is made up of that and so forth. Um, and uh, it's the Psalter. It is you know we don't we right. have different things we call it, but the Song of Songs is really the Canticle of Canticles. It is uh, it is the ultimate, the greatest song ever written, basically uh, since Solomon was the wisest. Since it is written by Solomon, just as a way to I guess identify it as Solomon's mm. book to make it more um, fitting within the canon. Uh, it was given the title Song of Solomon uh, to make sure that people understood that mm-hmm. it was that that's how the church the church identified it as written by Solomon I gotcha. uh, and so forth. But uh, but the Song of Songs is more it's traditionally. I was gonna say. So yeah. would you say that the Song of Songs is what maybe Semitic people early Semitic culture would? I would have called say it? so. Yeah, I, I would say so. And and that's uh, of course when you look back historically at things. We're, again, we're not looking at English, but so it's it's uh, but Canticle of Canticles is how it was ah, identified. Early. As early on, yeah. So huh. I gotcha. And uh, and that and that would be and it would make sense if you think of it like it is the ultimate. Mm-hmm. But to King somebody, of kings, Lord of Lords, Canticle of Canticles. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And this is the greatest of all, and hmm. so forth. That's but really as cool. it would come later, it could easily be confused with well, who is actually who? What is the mm-hmm. greatest song of all time? Sure. I, I mean. Yeah. You know, so anyway, oh, so okay. it is the song of song. Believe yeah. uh, <laughs> And I, I, I like it. And also, just from a practical standpoint, I think Song of Solomon has more letters. So if you're trying to fit it in, mm. Song of Songs. Yeah, it went. Uh, song to... of Solomon. Ecclesiastes. No, no, sorry, sorry. Back it up. So it's just whatever, however many syllables you need. It was really good. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, the the, the things about the Bible that are always uh, interesting to me is what, how do we get the verses, the chapters, yeah. and so yeah. forth when you're looking at things. And those are... Who was I mean, in charge of that? Those, the, some I'm of them sure are good, before, some of them are annoying. One of the coolest things to me I've ever seen was when I looked at a copy of the oldest uh, complete book. It was the... the was, I think it was the Codex Sinaiticus or whatever. Uh, and, uh, and it was the oldest... Uh, Bible, uh, complete of the of the sixty six books, and the words of Jesus were in red, and that was uh, and it was in oh Aramaic. my gosh, yeah, yeah, I remember learning so, about that, and it was like I that caught me by surprise. I was yeah. like, I thought that was a modern innovation, but it's hmm. been there as long as there's been a Bible. They wow. put the words of Jesus in red. Crazy, so, yeah. So yeah, cool hmm. things. Okay, so my my question is going back to First Corinthians twelve, um, right before it goes into the love chapter. But it, 30, verse thirty one just says, "Desire the greater gifts." Mm. So functionally, what's that look like? Like I can want a gifts, but I feel like there's maybe a note of like being intentional in that process. So mm. let's say you've got like the gift of mercy and you want the gift of prophecy or something. Like how does that? How do I? How do I desire a greater gift in an intentional kind of way? I think the the better understanding of this in context is that uh, we talk of Paul is talking about greater gifts as far as what they are meaning. They're meaning to the church or the body of Christ. Uh, not. I mean, we just went through. We're getting ready to go into the love chapter, so it's not. Obviously, love is superior, mm-hmm. and so it's not a. I'm not to envy or to desire 
not from a sense of, oh, your gift is so much better than my gift, but the greater gifts are the gifts which benefit the church most. most. So when you talk about prophecy versus tongues, mm-hmm. is a good example. And, and, and you're dealing with a church who's pursuing gifts that aren't as meaningful to the church. Mm-hmm. And so he's really trying to say, don't do that, mm-hmm. but instead desire the gifts that are of greater import to the body of Christ as a whole. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I shouldn't be seeking after these gifts that are more spurious or self-serving or whatever, which is what was happening. And I, I think that you see that in the body of Christ even now that people are that people pursue that which really doesn't help the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And and to just ask yourself the question, what's, what actually, what would help us to be more um, more like Christ or to accomplish the mission, the, the, the mission that he's given to us? I, you know, I, we were commanded to make disciples. I mean, we were, that's our mission is to make disciples. And so the giftedness that you should want more than anything is that which enables us to do that, which mm-hmm. God called us to do. Yet you see a lot of in the body of Christ, which is more, it's more experiential, you know, but my own personal experience at that, you know, and so it's like, that's not in any way what God was seeking us to do or mm-hmm. have and so forth. And I think Paul says, you know, I've had these experiences. It's not that I'm saying that they are not correct or not good or whatever, but, and not, they don't have their purpose or place, but desire the things that are more relevant to the body, you know? So that's, that's that's the greater gift. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Well, man, this has been fun guys. Uh, thank you listeners for listening. And, uh, as we shut down here, uh, we will catch you. Well, you guys, Josh and Troy will catch you next time here on understanding Jesus. Thank you, Daniel. Wish we had a cake. Alas, I'm eating the cake right now, can't you tell? All right, bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to the Understanding Jesus podcast. If you would like more information on Understanding Jesus or First Baptist Church of Jackson or would just like to submit a question or comment, then you can call the church office at 573-243-8415 or you can email us at office at fbcj.us. Thanks so much. We'll see you soon.